Blog Talk Radio. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I am your hostess today. And yeah, maybe that name sounded a little bit different because I'm in a 
period of doing a whole lot of shifting and changing right now, so you're going to have to stay with me through Facebook and other places just to find out what some of those changes are, which uh, those that follow my code work, you know that I'm very particular about names. It's a big foundation there. And, yes, I'm in the process of shifting part of my name right now. So um, very exciting times and a great time to do it. But that music you were listening to at the beginning of the show might have cued you in that we are once again at a turning of the year because that is not the normal opening song, but that song comes to us from today's guest, Katie Taylor, and that is called Welcome Bridget, or Brigid, depending on your preference of, of pronunciation in there. And I just want to extend a big welcome to everybody today, whether you are joining us because you've listened to the show before and you like what we do here and you like what's going on, or whether you're joining in for the very first time because you go, ooh, I really like that type of music. This sounds like a really interesting show today. Well, you're going to get a a very interesting guest and some very powerful um, energy coming through because I'll tell you, she is present, she's beautiful, she really has an amazing presence, and you're, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that today through both her sharing of herself and talking and through her music. So um, this is very exciting. If you're wondering, what's the turning of the year? Well, we are moving into what some might call Beltane. Um, it's May Day time frame, and this is a growing, it's a blossoming time, it's a connecting time. It's, a, for me, very personal in connecting with the earth and connecting and harmonizing our energy. So um, I'm very, very excited to, to have this guest on because you're you're going to find a lot of interesting pieces here today. <laughs> and I know I keep saying that, but it's true. So you're going to definitely want to stay tuned on this. By the way, we do stream live on three additional places, which is Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Penn, also known as Parent Counters Network. And I welcome everyone listening through those channels as well. And what I do is during the show, I look at living a more compassionate life by lining with your personal life codes. And I do sometimes, like today, have guests on the show, and that way it gives you a chance to learn more about their work and other things that might be an option for your code energy. And then I also, like today, am highlighting different musical artists along the way, usually at the turning points of the year. And that also gives you, um, I love it, because it's kind of like a little break in the variety of everything, and music, of course, is just so powerful, and those that have been listening for a while know that I've had every every kind of different artist on, probably from Stephen Halpern to Didgeridoo to um, you name it. <laughs> it's been on here and sound a lot of different sound artists on here, so doing a lot of different types of work. And Kevin Knapp, actually, at the next turning point in the summer solstice, I have a guy that's going to be coming on from another country who is, um, he plays PVC pipes believe it or not, and it's amazing what he does with these things. And those that know me know I love indie-style artists and unique artists, so it's a lot of fun here on the show. And you'll get to know that the more you listen to it, right? (laughs) And uh, then what I do also is highlight a bunch of different topics, tools, resources, thoughts that I share that give you a chance to do a little personal exploration, gain some universal insights, you know, just maybe expand the perception of how life works for you and and how it's working in the world. And and I cover everything from astrological phenomenon all the way to world events, political leaders. I mean, pretty much you name it, I'm going to cover it on this show um, in one way or another and and open up the truth about what's happening and what's going on and what these connections are all about. So what I do in my own work 
is that I am a coding interpreter and, um, and among other things, and I look at a person's personal life code. Um, so I look at the interac interaction of everything that's happening in the world as well as individuals and how they connect with each other and what they're doing. I've also created the Genesis Clearing Statement, which if you've missed that, you can catch that in um, shows where other people have interviewed me, and that's in my archives on my website. I've authored four books, uh, the most recent being You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, which are on relationships. And my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And then I'm also a collaborator on the international uh, bestseller, uh, Embraced by the Divine, a woman's gateway to the emerging woman's gateway, actually, to power, push, passion, and purpose. Left. <laughs> a little bit of tongue twisting on that today. And that's a, also a really great book that you can check out um, on there. So lots of things there. And then I've created the True North Tour. And many of uh, you know that I've been kind of on a little bit of a, a break as I've been pulling together a whole bunch of interesting things with code work. And I'm going to be bringing a lot of that out next year um, as well as I uh, finish up going through all these transitions and shifts and changes that I'm making that are just incredible. I just feel incredibly blessed right now with what's happening. So it's all very exciting. I'm going to keep you posted. You can also stay posted on things through my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George, and number one.com. And also a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, which I know you're going to because music touches everybody. It doesn't matter whether they're spiritual or non-spiritual or religious or whatever they are, music touches people. And so this is going to be one of those shows you want to share. And what you can do is just click that share button. It takes, what, two seconds? You can click it from the page here, or you can click it um, through any of my pages on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of those areas. And then they can listen to it in the archives at their convenience, and they just use the same link that you used to come into our live show today, and they can listen to it as they, they wish. If the shows are also available through the Main Street Universe um, grouping as a podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and also through my YouTube channel is another option. It does take me um, up to two weeks to get the shows done. If I can get them done sooner uh, for YouTube, I will. Um, but in the meantime, you do have the other channels as well. So before we get started in any, everything, those that have listened in before know that I love to delve into the 72 Names of God, Technology for the Soul by Yehuda Berg, who is a great Kabbalah master. And I love this work because he takes the big, giant concepts, puts it into the everyday language, and then that gives us a chance to relate a little bit. It, it, it tends to click home a little bit more, and it's the way I function a lot of times in my work, so I kind of like when I see that and what other people are doing as well. Now, what we have here, the common name of God that we're dealing with today from Yehuda is revealing the concealed and what I do is I simply flip the page each week, so we just, but it's amazing how it always fits in. <laughs> and of course, we definitely reveal the conceal here through code interpretation and code connection. And the little message he gives at the beginning here is the ego distorts reality so that we see only what it wants us to see. This name ends our tunnel vision and stops our delusion so that we perceive truth in our daily circumstances, and see things as they really are. And the insight he goes on to give is, Kabbalah teaches that concealment always precedes revelation. 
A seed is concealed in the ground in order to produce a tree. A baby is concealed in the womb before it is born into our world. And a new invention is concealed in the inventor's mind before it appears in material form. Electrical energy must be concealed in a wire to express its power in our lives. And a writer conceals ideas and principles inside metaphors and stories in order to reveal universal truths in the mind of the reader. The genuine light of the creator and the ultimate truths of life are also first concealed before they're revealed. And it's up to us to strive to uncover these truths to restore the light into the world so that pain and suffering, deceit and hatred are eternally abolished from the landscape of human existence. And the meditation he goes on to give with this is, you bring forth the powers of observation to see the truth and the courage to handle it. Now, again, this is the common common name of God that we're dealing with this week is revealing the concealed. And the formal name is Mem Yield Cost, and that is something that you can find on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, jessianicholsgeorgethenumber1.com. And what's really cool about this is it really ties in in a lot of ways with this point in time of the year. You know, we think about the emerging light coming up in February, but really this time of year, once we're out in the world and we're dealing with the world at large, it's important for us to be able to look beyond what our eyes see. And the codes of Beltane, the codes of May Day, which are oftentimes about assistance, also are about dealing with deception. It's also about being able to know what is real and what isn't. And that's very exciting because when we're harmonizing and we're bringing ourselves together, um, we want to bring together our real self. We want to get to know the true person and not just the illusion that is in our lives. So this is an exciting time. I think it fits in great, as always, you who's messaged us. And so let's go on here, and I've got a little insight to get your mind ticking in the direction that we're headed today, and uh, that'll that'll kind of open up for you. You're coming into space with us. How's that? <laughs> I knew I'd get a germ in there somewhere. So here we go. What have you connected with? that is both ancient and sacred. Now, while I'm all for being in the present moment, what makes the present moment what it is comes from ages and ages of events and choices that have culminated to create the current moment here and now. For most people, there is something about connecting with something ancient and sacred that holds a truth or authenticity that for many is quite unexplainable and yet holds a powerful experience in connecting with it. And this could be as simple as remembering a piece of who we really are, or it could be a profound humbling that comes with the realization of all that has happened and taken to create here and now. And when we look at the ancient and sacred, there is no question that these components brought together share an authenticity in the stories and characters that created and held the very same thing as us. To touch, feel, hear, or experience in any way, shape, or form, something with this energy vibration is to simultaneously connect multiple points of time and space. And it is a joining of numerous generations and cultures and people, places, times, 
in a mystical and magical sort of way. Now, for me, when I handle items with this energy, I usually have visions of these other aspects, oftentimes played like a movie in my head. Now, one person that is known throughout both religions and mystical arenas that brought this together in her various works was Hildegard von Bingen. And while living a basically monastic life, she also embraced her strong visionary gifts and wisdom. And she connected the ancient and sacred in her many writings and music that she created. And while it has been 837 years since her passing, her work is still key in the lives of many that delve into a variety of religious and mystical studies. So what really makes the ancient and sacred so powerful is as shown, I interpret the codes on these key items. When we look at what is ancient, we are reminded that we will find a consistent and steady flow by asking for divine assistance. For in doing this, we establish an open connection. We make a choice to align with all possibilities and can remain clear and strong as we move forward or through this earth, humbly developing our wisdom through pauses, connection which creates what appears to be luck, and then stopping to observe and gather more information, trusting in wisdom and persevering with what is needed in our situation, which unfolds us to great victory. Now, continuing in the realm of codes, we also find that sacred is about balancing our material and spiritual world. And moderation, and not only allowing materialism to destroy our spiritual connection. So not allowing that to happen. And we call it sacred because it is not tainted by the material world nor governed by it. It holds its own strength and self, unable to be influenced. And this leads to a sense of purity, clarity, and full connection. Now, Katie Taylor is someone that has brought out the ancient and sacred energy through music. And she brings a blend of medieval chants and Celtic music, which for many speak to a deep piece of their core, through ancient civilizations and teachings. And it is in this music that she helps people to also connect with what is sacred, remembering their full roots, the earth, the lore, allowing for an authenticity that is not always easily found in our world today. And what I find about things that are ancient and sacred is that for many, there is not the desire to possess them, but the desire to experience them. And it is about opening the door to a timeline continuum that allows us to explore more fully all of what is. And this is much like leaving our little corner of the world and going to another country or place. A little bit to think about. Now, our code energy for this week and what we're rolling with this week is all about surrendering to divine assistance. And it is far too easy for us to try to do it all ourselves or to stay in a state of exhaustion or frustration. This week reminds us to call on divine presence, to hold you in its embrace, and to call on your angels for assistance. This is also a good time to discover who is willing to help you that has greater power to make things happen for you. In other words, who with greater influence is truly supporting you in what you need and are doing in life? This is a week where it is not all about forcing your way or trying to do it all yourself. Be willing to share the road, load, 
and remove yourself from some of the burdens that are weighing you down, that are feeling really heavy right now. So surrender the flow and wisdom that comes from those that have your best interest at heart. Go with the open doors and stop trying to push through the ones with 20 locks on them. I'm going to take a short break here, and when we return, I'm going to be sharing with you um, Katie Taylor. She's going to be with with us talking about her work and her music and all of these great things. And uh, I do want to mention also that code uh, message for the week is also on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, uh, jessianmichelsgeorgethenumber1.com. So you can get all of that in there. And the song that we have for you is by today's guest. It is called Hail to Thee, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Hail to thee, the moon, guiding to a Of the sea. 
welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection, and my name is Jesse on Nichols George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by today's guest, which is called Hail to Thee, and uh, our guest today I have with me Katie Taylor, who performs original and medieval chant and song that weaves Celtic ornamentation with haunting mystical invocations and prayers. Katie started with school talent shows and singing in chorus, school musicals, and church choirs. And during a study abroad um, opportunity in Austria, in her undergrad years, she acquired a taste for medieval music by singing with Vienna's St. Augustine Church Choir. While living in Vermont in the 90s, Katie toured with the group Northern Harmony in the United States, Canada, England, and Europe performing traditional music of all kinds and singing with Peter and Mary Alice Almadon and Tony Barand. She also sang with the eclectic traditional music group, the Bailey Hazen Singers, and with Anima, a medieval music, uh, sorry, a medieval women's ensemble. Anima first introduced Katie to the music of 12th century German mystic Hildegard von Bingen. Katie has recorded four of her own CDs, including a mass commissioned by the Foundation of Universal Sacred Music. Katie seems to feel connected to truth, source, the divine, however you name that. She doesn't sit down to compose, but often from the inspiration of a poem or a prayer. Music rises up within her to become song. For her to sing is to channel her particular expression of the divine into the world. And you can learn more about her work at www.katietaylor.com or also www.thewingedheart.net. And um, so either site, you can you can get into her work if you go to thewingedheart.net. It's going to have a little more of some of the music, I believe, in there. And, you know, I've got Katie's mic opened up here and Katie, welcome to Code Connection. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's great to be with you. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, as I mentioned earlier, I love to find some of the most unique artists (laughs) when it comes to music that I can find out there. And I remember I was going through a bunch of things related to folk music when I found your work, and I was like, there's got to be something that connects into here. And I found your work and I was like, ah, that's it. <laughs> and it just all clicked in. And then when I got on and I started looking at some of the things you did, I thought, oh, this person is so wonderful, everything that she's doing in here. Hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs> so happy you found me. <laughs> I, I am happy that I found you because you have a world of different things that you do beyond just music, so it's not just that for you. But, you know, I would love for you to start off by sharing, I mean, I, I shared kind of, you know, some pieces here, but a little bit more about your journey of getting into this work that you do, getting into this style of music and, you know, what what brought you into singing and doing these things to start with. Yeah, thank you. So I feel like I've really been searching my whole life to find a deep 
authentic connection with the divine, with God, with what these days I might call true nature or um, goddess is another name. There's so many names, right, for the sacred. <laughs> but I feel like my whole my whole life was about trying to find that. You know, I grew up in a family that was a really good family but wasn't particularly, they weren't spiritual. And so I didn't grow up with a, with a culture around me that supported that. I grew up with good people who were, who were sincere and authentic people, but they didn't give me a language for this exploration. And so um, one of the ways that I think I did it is <laughs> it, when I was uh, um, in my teens, I became a born-again Christian. And it was it was like it was like my teenage rebellion, you know. <laughs> Other people do drinking and drugs, and I became a born again Christian. Because I was, that was you like, know, some people you know really go into the the hardcore stuff, and and I think you took the hardest core, which was <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because that was like probably harder for my parents to accept than if I had just done a regular teenage rebellion, you know, it really pushed their buttons and. Um, you know, I really, it was a deep dive to try to find that meaning, try to find that connection. And I knew I needed more than, than, I mean, the beautiful life that we live in is definitely part of my spiritual connection. But back then, in particular, I was looking for something that felt deeper than that. I wanted to find the depth in life. I wanted to find the meaning. I wanted to feel something more, more deeply. And so, yeah, Born Again Christianity was where I dived into. And after that, I really, I tried so many different things. I, after, after, after going through that, I, you know, was a Quaker. And for a while I said, oh, there is nothing. There is no God. And I tried Wicca and I worked with astrology and played around with runes. And I even um, was initiated into an East Indian path. In my, you know, again, in my sincere desire, my sincere seeking, and I just, I feel like I've, I've dabbled and tried all sorts of things, and what it's really, all of it kept pointing me back to what's inside me, you know, what is my deep connection? It's not about these different beliefs out there, although these different beliefs can be a way in. At all, there's so many ways in to connection with the sacred, right? And so I just kept trying, trying to find ways that would help me feel connected. And music, even since I was a little girl, was one of those ways. So um, it really took, I've always sung, as you mentioned in the bio, but I think it really took, one of the turning, big turning points for me was, um, was going through a really traumatic breakup, a really difficult uh, breakup and um, I I left and I went to live in a little cabin that was tiny like 8 by 10 really small I had an outhouse and I had just a little two two burner thing that I cooked on a little apartment fridge refrigerator and a little loft place that I slept and I was in this tiny little place and finally I was with myself you know all my things but by myself and you know how big Big shakeups, breakups, big things, they open us in a different way. You know, I think part of one of my teachers used to say, um, said that sometimes the ego needs to have cracks in it, you know, in order to break open 
to break it open enough that the divine light can shine through and shine in, you know. And I think my ego got some cracks, got some breaks or some tears in it. And I I feel like it was during that time that I started listening more deeply to my own music. I started listening. I'd always sung. I'd always sung other people's music. And I'd always been inspired by it and loved the feeling of channeling it through my body. But I think it was during that time that I started to listen and trust the music that came from within me instead of just the music that came from without. So I'll pause there. (laughs) I think that that is so wonderful because I can relate to what you're saying in in relation to music. I think so many of us are on that path. There's so many people out there that are searching for that connection and what their piece is and and I know I work with a lot of people helping them unravel that um, through the work I do as well. And But there's something about music because I know I was in a church choir. Now, I certainly didn't have the voice that you have. That was not my <laughs> natural gift. Give me a campfire and a guitar, you know, another story. But um, as you say, there's just something that resonates through the vibration um, of sound when you connect with it vocally, when it's coming out from you, um, that is powerful. And I I think it's great that you had the opportunity to explore these variety of different paths. Um, I know I, myself, when I was going through things, it was always like, let me check this path out and that path out and all these different fields. And I I think in some ways many people do that. I think they kind of are doing that fluttering around trying to find that that piece that connects for them, as you say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you've, you've got this journey going, <laughs> and you started saying, okay, let me bring out my own sound. So how did you get to discovering what was yours? of all of that since you've been doing everybody else's? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, You know, I definitely think we're shaped for sure by our environment. So, um, you know, the music I grew up in was was pretty wide. So there wasn't any one style that my parents listened to. Although, you know, when I was singing in high school, of course, we sang more kind of classical music, you know, you know, choir music and stuff. And then um, in college, too. And then I had this traditional music I was exposed to all along. And I haven't thought this out, so this is fun to just talk out loud. So all, all along, I would try on different sounds, but I always came back to my voice. So I've always had this kind of clear, pure tone in my singing voice. And I I liked it, but then I also thought, oh, but, you know, maybe I should have a more husky voice, or maybe I don't sound like, you know, like the singers that are on the radio, and I don't sound like those people that, you know, those other singers that people listen to, and and, but I just kept coming back to, well, but I, I can't, that's not me, you know, my voice is 
for some reason, this is the one I was given, you know, this, this voice that has this clear, pure tone and it's higher than some other voices. And, and so it took me a while to just kind of settle in and say, okay, this is, this is my, this is my voice through me and I don't want to fight it. You know, how can I allow this? And, and then when I started allowing it, I realized, you know, those other things that I had sung, of course, were all playing in. So the kind of more classical sound is in there and a little bit of folky sound, but it's really more classical. But the, the, a lot of my music, when I, when I hear it and then write it down or sing it, has a bit of a Celtic ornamentation to it. Now, I don't necessarily try to make that happen, but that's what comes through my voice. So it's like, it feels like it's an allowing. And of course, I listened, I've listened to it. Maybe if I'd never listened to it, it wouldn't come through. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, maybe it's coming through for the past lifetime. I really don't know. <laughs> but, but it's this, it's this thing where I've, over time, just kind of accepted, okay, this is, this is how the divine sings through me. This is my channel. And um, I want to embrace it. And I want to allow its expression and of course just like you mentioned this is also what I do with my coaching clients is I try to help them find their unique voice what is not necessarily in singing but in their life so I have to do that work myself of course you know how do I let myself be me and express my my meanness through my voice and through my life you touched on really huge points there in that piece that, uh, of sharing with us, so thank you for that, because so many times I'm seeing people out there, and they're going out, and they're grabbing at this piece and that piece, and I've got to be like somebody else, and this isn't good enough, because this isn't what people are listening to, so on and so forth, and they're, they're missing their piece, because they're so busy trying to be everybody else's piece, and I love what you brought up in this, that you tuned in and said, but this is what I am. This is what my voice does. You didn't say, oh, well, this is what my voice is doing, and now I'm going to force it <laughs> to be this deep husky voice that sings pop. Um, you know, you said, this is what my voice does. Let's, let's allow it to move with this and see what comes out. And I find that so important because when we get down to it, that's where our best connection and our best work comes is when we allow ourselves to work with what we have and what we've been given and what is is coming through for us. You've got a song. It's called In the Early Morning. Share with us a little bit what that's about. So this is a prayer, and this is one of the pieces that it's completely mine. Um, A lot of my music is inspired by other beautiful sacred texts and prayers. And in fact, the first two you played were not, they were not my lyrics, although I heard music that went along with them. (laughs) But this piece in the early morning is one of the few that is my lyrics and my, and my music. And it is. It really represents my strong, strong desire to be connected with the feminine face of God and the goddess. And that's what I'm invoking is 
asking this this aspect of the divine to inform my life, to live my life, to to lead me through my life. And um, that's been so important for me. I really grew up in a family that was very hardworking and wonderful, but very masculine-oriented. And so a huge part of my spiritual path has been about how to become more whole by embracing the feminine as well. And so this piece was written at a time when I was really, really trying to allow that and invite that energy into my life. What you said right there was so powerful because I think many people are brought up in families with a very masculine energy focus, be it intentional or not, even if they got the nurturing from their moms or, you know, within the family dynamic. You know, a lot of it is very goal-focused and what you're going to do in the world and, you know, whether you're going to go to school or this or that. And we are shifting so much in this world. And I think this song is a powerful one because we are moving more towards the feminine again. And this is something that hopefully will help people open more to that. We're going to listen to this. It's called In the Early Morning. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with our guest, Katie Taylor. Good morning, God. 
oh, my gosh, I could just picture myself in this garden, strolling through it, starting my day, and just, like, I just thought to myself, what a beautiful, incredible way to start the day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if I could just picture myself going through this, and it just came through, and I was like, it's amazing. And and even when you, you the way you vary the tempos and things like that, it's just it's very powerful. As they say, the pauses are as powerful as the music itself. And you, you mm-hmm. really have that down to an art in what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the chanting that you do is a little bit different. I think in some ways people would connect it as being closer to the religious chant versus, mm-hmm. say, your Eastern chanting or um, some of the other ones that they've heard. But I think you express that well. It's it really chanting by whatever form it's coming through is really a focused connection, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to add um, the sound. I, I just want to, yeah, to a shout out to my dear uh, singing partner and friend, Amy Fraden who were in all the songs that we're listening to, she's, she's the other singer with me. And, you know, I, this music, I received this music in myself, but she, with her voice also helps it come alive. So we have this, a beautiful sister singing connection. It's not, I don't tell her what to do, you know, (laughs) we, we work out the harmonies together. Um, you know, we, we work out the pace together. We, we, this music, I think, is able to hold the spirituality that it does, not just, by, not just through the words and the music, but through our, our, our sacred soul sister connection. I think that's a, an important part of it, and I, I want to be able to name that too. I, and I think that that is also something for us to keep in mind because we do run across these people in our lives that we have these soul sisters, soul brother connections with. And when we open up to that sharing, um, we, we greatly increase the energy vibrations that we're drawing in in some ways um, through that harmony. You know, when, when and, and it's a perfect example of the two of you bringing your voices together that way of what happens when we're each functioning in our own space. You, you actually get yeah. a harmony, literally and metaphorically, going on that um, awakens. I would say awakens, yeah. maybe. It's, yeah, and it's bigger. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bigger. It's more whole. It's more, it's more than either of us could do alone, you know, because we're both bringing our our individual expressions and our own sacred connections together in the music. So yeah, it's it's an amazing thing when you find someone to sing with like that. And that that's an important piece for us to keep in mind is that when we are willing to open up to these soul connections, that we can experience more than what we can do on our own, and that that. Mm-hmm. That's a big piece in things, and, and not only can we do more, but we learn more and experience more of ourselves, I think, in that process. Um, so, yeah, you start to yes, that's simple. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, yes, I just want I love what you just said. We not only learn more, but we experience more of ourselves. I think that's really important because I think um, we're not meant to be here on this world alone. We're not meant to live in isolation and not, and, and singing with another person or sharing or being with another person helps us to know ourselves, helps us to grow ourselves, helps us to be more truly who we really are so that, and then we grow from that, we expand from that, and hopefully we're doing the same for the person that we're with. And it's this beautiful give and take and this beautiful mutual supporting that we do not just in singing together, but in being with another human being. And I'm just so, so glad you named that. That's, a, that's so important. And what you're talking about there actually draws on that whole concept of even if we spend a lot of time alone, there's still an integration going on. And when we open and we allow that integration without trying to change the other people involved, um, the doors just fly open. Um, and, and that's a big piece of how we get into unity with the divine is being willing to accept and integrate those people that are in our lives. Mm-hmm. We have a song that you did called Alleluia Virga. And um, maybe you can share with us a little bit more about that piece. Sure. This is a beautiful Alleluia Virga is basically a hymn to the to the holy womb of Mary. <laughs> so one of the one of the things I love about Hildegard's music, so this is Hildegard of Bingen, whom you mentioned at the beginning, who is just an amazing I think of her as like the first not the first, but the, the first well known feminist of her time and you know this is back in what I think she was born in uh, 1092 I always have to look back at my dates but she's yeah 1098 she was born in 1098 she died in 1179 and she was just an amazing woman and one of the things that most attracted me to her music is that it's very much about, a lot of it is about the feminine. Now, it's through the Christian church because she was an abbess and she was Christian. But her, her music is, is, so there's, you know, themes about Mary and Sophia and, you know, the mother principle in her, in her music. And she also weaves this beautiful connection with the earth. So she's always talking about the She's using earth metaphors everywhere, the greening of the earth and the fertile womb of Mary. And these beautiful sort of creative earth energy principles come through her music and as this Christian abbess, you know. It's just a beautiful thing. So, yeah, Alleluia Virga is literally saying something like, your, your holy womb vanquished death. Your holy womb illumined all creatures. You know, it's there's a beautiful flower. You know, it's just just lovely, just lovely imagery, and so it's a it's a praise song. It's like Alleluia to the to Alleluia Virga. Virga is the branch. Mary was thought it named the branch. So here we have another beautiful earth imagery, the branch. So it's it's praising Mary and her holy womb, 
and I, I can't help but, you know, remember that the womb is the, you know, the feminine, it's our place of power and creativity. It's where we birth from, whether we, whether we literally are mothers or not. It's the cauldron of creativity. There's the womb. So this, this piece is just, to me, such a, a beautiful expression of that, of that creative, praising, flowering of the feminine. You know, I have a thousand directions to go with that, <laughs> what you just said there. There's so, there's so many pieces, and we're going to hear this piece in just a minute. But I want to bring forth a couple of points for people that are listening. And that is we normally associate the alleluias and things like that with the church, with traditional religion. And, and I think that that has made people really shy off in a lot of ways. But you're sharing what you just shared about your work, about Hildegard bonding, and just goes to show that there's really a lot more integration. When we drop some of the hardcore rules and regulations and we get down to the core of the music, when we get down to the core of these various things, there's a lot more unity going on than there is separation. And I want to emphasize that because we're so quick to judge, oh, that's out of the church or that's out of the Wiccan world or that's out of, you know, wherever it's coming from. And, you know, the judgments start flying like crazy. Um, But you brought in such a powerful piece with the the feminine energy and that she was bringing out and you are bringing out in this music the energy of the womb. And I say this because, Sexuality over the years has gone in so many different directions. And we, there are many women out there and people out there, men and women both actually, that when they, they look at this energy of the womb, it automatically goes in a sexual direction for a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that are disconnected from the womb energy as a result of that when it's such a powerful space. And when we look at the codes of womb, what we find is we find connection and we find victory and we find success. And as you said, Mm -hmm. this is our creative energy. So when women are having a hard time or people are having a hard time with their creative energy and getting their projects and their ventures nurtured in life, um, this is the energy we need to tune into. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I love that the code. Say, say the words again, the code that the, the code shows for the word womb. Would you say that one more time? Uh-huh. It, it shows that it is related to, um, when I look at this, it's related to connection and victory and mm-hmm. success, the victory and success which comes out of, say, divine connection or standing in divine self. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love how that fits. <laughs> it always fits with codes. That's why I love them. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> We're going to listen to Alleluia, Virga, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
And welcome back. For anybody who's just joining in on the show, this is Code Connection. My name is Jesse on Nichols-George, and I have with me Katie Taylor. That is a piece that is done by her called Alleluia Virga. Um, beautiful. Give us the translation of that one more time, Katie. Sure. It is Alleluia, O branch, mediatrix, your holy vitals vanquish death. In your womb, illumined all creatures. In the beautiful flower of the sweetest integrity of your sealed chastity. Hmm, so just, many beautiful really, images there. <laughs> tons of beautiful images in that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too, as you mentioned, this is a praise song. And... You know, here again, people sometimes get their heads wrapped into the religious side of it, but when we look at it, it's really about praising the great divine, so to say, um, in that, and in this particular song, honoring the feminine divine, feminine Mm -hmm. aspect of the divine in there. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, you know, and, and... this time of year, it's perfect. We we had, at the beginning of the show, the song, Welcome, Bridget. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm going to ask you, where does Bridget, Bridget, I, I know people pronounce differently depending on the practice they're coming from. How does all of that come into it? How does that energy play into your work and your music and... Share with us about that because I find I find Brigitte to be very big this time of year with the Earth Day energy, with the May Day energy. I I've always found a strong connection with her at this time of year. Yeah. So it's funny. This is often the way it is with me with my music. I follow I just follow I follow what I'm attracted to. So I did not learn about Bridget first. I just, I, I, I read some prayer or poem to Bridget and music welled up inside of me and I went, I have to sing this, so I sang it. <laughs> and then here I am singing about Bridget and I thought, well, now I need to understand who Bridget is because I'm singing about her. <laughs> That's like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm expressing something that must be true, you know, because I, I think this is what came through. But so I actually... I don't consider myself a scholar or anything around Bridget, but I did go back and do a little bit of reading and understanding. So what is this energy that she's representing? And for me, just very broadly, she, you know, she represents this beautiful combination for me of the pagan practices, the pagan religion that was there before Christianity came to the Celtic world. And then the, the combination with Christianity, when Christianity came, she represents that that inner, that, that there's no separation there between them, the, the inner and the outer form. The forms are different, but they're not. They're the same. So it's this beautiful uh, integration, sort of like Hildegard was doing, although she was very much in the Christian church. Uh, Bridget is the same kind of figure for me, where she she was a pagan goddess and then she was also a Christian saint you know and so she's this lovely combination 
of the feminine flowing through our culture and through the expression of an expression of the divine. So why Bridget in particular, there are so many prayers and invocations to her about everyday life, which this again goes back to the how do we have reverence for the sacred in, in all of life. And that's really a lot of what the, the Celtic Christian attraction is for me and the, and the pagan attraction is that so Bridget, so many things are uh, calling on Bridget to help me rise up today and calling on Bridget to heal my cow and, to, you know, to help keep, help keep me alive and to protect me from this. And there's, a, there's Bridget charms and, you know, Bridget healings and Bridget protects this and that and the other. And I just love that. It's like calling on her as an expression of the sacred to walk me through my whole day. And I, that's just, for me, such a, so powerful. It's the dailiness, you know, every dayliness. And it's also that she's a woman. It's womanly things. It's the dailiness that a woman, at least in the past especially, the things that women did that are being made sacred and that are being held by Bridget. I, I think this is an important thing, and as you say, this is an important example because she is one that maybe not really formally known as, say, a compassion goddess so much, but she carries a lot of compassion energy because you can't hold things sacred in life without being compassionate. And when I look at her, she had an enormous amount of power that when you have that kind of power, you have to use it wisely. (laughs) But as you say, there's a truth that runs through this because she's in the pagan belief systems and she's in the church belief systems. And why would the church bring her over? Well, as you mentioned, there has to be truth there. And my experience is is that the truth runs through all these different systems. And Bridget is one of those female figures, goddess figures, that runs through multi-cultures and multi-religions. So there has to be a great amount of truth in her energy form. Um, mm-hmm. As you say, life-giving yes. and, and the sacredness of everyday life is huge. Yeah, huge. Yes. Um, I think there's a, an aspect there that is about reminding us that it's within and it's not without. It's you know, it's it's up to us to make the moment sacred. And, you know, you can have a billion dollars and you can have a beautiful piece of property and a nice car and all of these things. That doesn't make your life sacred. And that doesn't necessarily make everyday life incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she's a great reminder of those things. So um, with that piece, Wow. <laughs> I just I have this vision of you just kind of walking through with Bridget at your side <laughs> all throughout your day. <laughs> like, okay, I've done my morning, you know, chat there and and now, now I got Bridget walking at my side. <laughs> yeah. Well that is I mean, that is really how how the Celtic people saw her. She they walked with her. You know, I had a piece that isn't on my CD that I sent you that um, is also 
from a Celtic prayer, and then I wrote more lines to go with it. But it's basically saying, I lie down this night, you know, with with God, with 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 Christ, with Spirit, and I added on with Goddess, with Mary, with Bridget, and there's this beautiful piece that I'm that I am always walking with with Bridget, with whatever I call you call the divine, by your side, in in all of life, as you walk through the day, as you work in the day, as you feed yourself, you know, as you, you know, take care of your children. But yeah, that you that we are walking with the divine by our side and within us all the time. And I think the Celtic people had and probably still have, but certainly in the past had such a strong connection to that that we can really practice and learn from. Uh, well, I agree, and I think that that's the thing is we're not meant to just call forth this sacred energy in a time of crisis and need. It's about calling forth this energy every single moment of our day. And that's the difference between somebody who is merely going through their day and existing and somebody who is really living life and really um, feeling a full life existence going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's the difference. It's about constantly calling, and that constant calling creates a connection. Um, yes. And, and the, yes, and that's. Yeah. I think that's really important. That I often say, it's the the yearning of the heart. The yearning is the connection. The longing is the connection. And you're calling it the constant calling. It's the same thing. The fact that we that we are calling for the divine to be with us and to be in connected to be connected with that, however we name it, is the connection. It creates the connection. You know, it's that it's that divine turning toward with our heart, turning, and it it's the it opens the heart, the longing, the calling opens the heart to the connection that is always there, right? Well, and and her energy form too is very much about being in the moment, as you were talking about. Um, you know, it's not about worrying about the future out there. It's about being in the moment, and it's about break it into smaller pieces. Don't be in this big, giant <laughs> overwhelm of 10,000 things. Let's break it down, and let's take this moment and this manageable piece that we can do right here and now. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's, in this moment, in this moment when I'm washing the dishes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let, let, me be, let me do this with Bridget. Let me be mindful right now. Let me feel the water. Let me feel the heat. Let me feel the soap. Let me feel the dish and the sponge. You know, this is, in doing that, I am making this moment sacred. And that's what she, she and all the other Celtic prayers really call us to, is that every living, the, the dailiness, the dailiness of our lives. And like you said, it makes it manageable. We're in the moment. We're not, we don't have to be thinking about everything else. This one thing I'm doing is enough and and lands me right here, right here in the now, in connection with who I most truly am. And I, th- I think, too, this is why she's strongly connected with this time of year 
because it is about awakening the senses and it is about mm. the getting the experiences and this is a very awakening time in many ways and um, when we talk about that present moment connection. So we're going to listen to mm-hmm. this song um, that you've done. It's called Poem to Bridget or Bridget and we will be back in just a couple of minutes. everybody. You are listening to Code Connection. This is Jesse on Michael George, and I am here with Katie Taylor, sharing her work, her music, her thoughts. Um, wow. And and this is, you talk about embracing the, the feminine energy, Katie, and I really get that from you. You have that, that piece that I think a lot of people look for when we talk about the, the divine feminine or the feminine um, emerging energy that's coming forward right now, and that's this quietness, but the strength, and there's a balance, but it's still soft, and it's feminine, and it's opening, you know, it's welcoming, and and I really love that, that I picked that up from you, both in your work and, you know, here on the air, Um, so thank you for that. Mm. Thank you so much for mirroring that. It's a, it's something I've worked, I continue to open to and allow in my life. So I really love to hear that it's shining through. It makes me very happy. 
know, you know, you you talk about a little bit in your work or something that I picked up in your work that sounds can help us to quiet our mind. How does sound do that? Sound. Hmm. You know, we have very busy minds and um I don't want to get too technical here. I'm just trying to figure out how to say this simply. Um, I think we can get very caught up in when we're feeling disconnected from truth, from who we really are. We can get very caught up in listening to all sorts of inner voices that are from, you know, what we were taught growing up, that are part of our ego personality, that are trying to lead us. It's not that they're bad. They're just multiple voices that are trying to help us with our lives. And it can get kind of confusing. You know, there can be this inner child part that wants one thing, and there can be this inner critic that's criticizing and saying we should be something else. And, and you know, there's all sorts of other characters in there. And it can be overwhelming. With music, if you find sound or music that lights you up, I think it gives you a chance. It gives you your, what I call your body soul, which is body, heart, mind, spirit all together. Body soul gives your body soul something else to align with, something else to come into union with, instead of just listening to the voices that are largely in the mind. So sound, because it is, it can bring us into the body, into the heart. Once we're grounded in our bodies, that helps the heart to open. Once the heart's more open, that can get the mind to quiet down a little bit. So, and that can help us then be more in congruence, more in touch with the divine. So I think sound can do that. If it's, you know, it's got to be sound that works for you. Everybody has a different thing that resonates for them. There's no one perfect, you know, type of music to listen to, obviously. But you find what works for you and you allow it to just bring you into the body, the grounded, solid, awake body, the open, alive, touch, heart. And then quiet mind can happen. Quiet mind can arise from that place because you don't have to struggle so hard to figure out who you are with your mind. You're feeling who you are. You're sensing who you are in your body and heart with the aid of music dropping you in, dropping you more deeply into that place. I, I love how you shared that because it's a, it's a lot more open <laughs> than what we get a lot of times um, when we look at music because, uh, you know, so many times we can get into, okay, well, it's the brain waves and it's this and it's that and it's drawing on codes of ancient cultures and, various things, which it is, you know, that there are all of those pieces at play. But what I love is how you honed into whatever is stirring your heart. And I think that that's a key piece because sometimes that's something fast, sometimes that's something slow, sometimes that's classical, sometimes it's Celtic. And if people out there are like me, there's a lot of different music styles that stir your heart <laughs> and mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, 
at different times. You know, there's there's times exactly. that classical might relax me, and there's other times that I couldn't get relaxed for the life of me listening to classical. Um, so I, I love that you brought that piece up because I think that is really important, and it helps us to honor where we're at at that point in time, whatever we're processing through, whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're awakening. Um, I feel that's really, really important. You have a piece, though, that is a slower piece, and I know when I listened to this, there was a lot of calming energy (laughs) that came in. And I think some of the, the style of music that you work with which does draw more on that that choral aspect, that um, that divine connection aspect, that it it just naturally brings a quietness to the mind. It's it's almost like it triggers the mind to say, okay, there's something else besides the material side of life. And you talk about all those voices in your head, and oh my goodness, I have a ton of them. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> you know, one of them, one of them's going, you got to work, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do that, and the other one's like, nope, you need to stop, you need to breathe, you got to take time. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. to quiet that. And I know, I know this is very important for our current generations and the kids that are coming in and the indigos and the star seeds and the crystals and the rainbows and all of these groupings um, because they do have a very hard time quieting their mind. So I I thank you for that. Share with us about Solve Mundi Domina. Did I pronounce that right or am I off on this? Yes, you got it. Solve Mundi Domina. So this is, yeah, this is another piece. It's, It's a Christian prayer and it's basically the mother to the Lady Mary to to save us, and it's again some beautiful um, earth earth energy in here, nature nature energy. It's a you know it's it's hailing Mary as the queen of the heavens and the clear star of the morning, the clear light of the divine, and just you know calling on earth, sky, and sea, and saying, save us here, listen to my cry, um, help me. So it's just a beautiful, it's just a, a beautiful crying out to the sacred feminine to hold us, to help us to live in this world and in this life. And it's um, I just want to say a moment about what it's put. The fun thing, the really fun thing about this song is the the instrument that I'm playing is a double-barreled Native American flute. So it's. If you can imagine a native, it's like a, it's, it's being held like a recorder, you know, not, not out sideways like a flute. And it has one mouthpiece, but it has two, two barrels, two long pieces going down. And one of them is the drone note. You'll hear in this piece that one, there's, there's a, a note that's just always being played, and then there are notes on top of it. So when you blow into it, the drone note is always playing, and then I'm, fingering the fingering it on the other side and what's really fun about this is I I found this instrument I was traveling with my parents in Washington state and we were going up in the mountains for a camping trip and there was not very much there were not not very it's not very populated and 
as we were heading out into the wilderness, we drove by this, this general store, and it was a huge sign, and the sign said, cold beer and Native American flutes. <laughs> and, and my dad kind of turned in and he said, you think we should go back? I said, yes. <laughs> so we, we, had, we just, it was quite the combination that kind of caught our eyes. So we went and I had to buy myself this instrument. So that's where the, this instrument comes from. And I just also love the combination from playing on a Native American flute and singing this beautiful hymn to Mary. So we're marrying to, again, two different spiritual practices, two different forms of the sacred in this piece. Which you do so beautifully in your work. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, and even for those who aren't, again, particularly religious, when we look at this concept that you're sharing of saying, Hail Mary, save us, um, what we're really doing is saying, come in and balance out. We've gotten too far in the masculine, too much in the material world, and we now need this nurturing energy. And this is, again, very, very important in our time that we're in and, and what we're dealing with in the world. And so very, very powerful balancing energy to call into our world. Again, this is Salve Mambe Domina. And we will listen to this. Be back in a few minutes. Thank you. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Code Connection. We are here today with Katie Taylor, who is sharing her work as a musician, singer, vocalist um, that does medieval chants and Celtic music. That song is Salve Monday Domina. And, um, you know, Katie, I was I just always see where the music's going to take me. Music was a very powerful part in my path and my process along the way um, and, and using it in connection with meditation and visualization work and things like that. And I love that your music has that sort of, well, particularly that song has a very transcending energy to it that kind of transcends time and space. And I, I know that I resonate very strongly with Native American flute to start with, but um, you know, there's there's something there that when I was listening to it this time around, that I could just feel this opening going on in my heart. And you were talking about the song being so connected to bringing in um, the Mother Mary energy and um, bringing in that that salvation through her. And um, and as we know, she's very very connected to the heart energy, and it just felt like a great affirmation. <laughs> I just thought I would share yeah. that. I love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, you know, one of the other pieces I picked up when I was looking around your information was that music touches us through ancient heritage. And I know you tapped on this a little bit today, but maybe you can expand a little bit more on that, how music touches us through ancient heritage or connects us with ancient heritage. So let's see here. This is not something I've thought explicitly about. So let me see what comes when I just start speaking about it. Um, I have a very... So, yeah. So, okay. Um, I have never been a history person. I always had trouble having it seem real to me. You know, it's the stuff in the past that I'm living right now, and I didn't didn't understand the connection very well. And I think, and I still, I'm not, I, I've never been very good about remembering historical facts or anything like that. My brain just isn't wired that way. But through music, I do have this sense of, of, of lineage, of carrying forth that which came before into the present moment. So, like, I know I'm singing this music that's, that has a, kind of this a medieval sound to it, and that was, you know, hundreds of years ago that they sang like that, you know. But, um, but it feels so natural in my voice. So I remember when I first um, when I was first exposed to the medieval music. Uh, well, Vienna, when I was in Vienna was probably the first time. But the time when I really felt it land was when I started singing with the group Anima, the women's uh, sacred music group I was singing with in Vermont. And I remember I went to the very first rehearsal when I was just starting to join the group, and we were singing. Unless it was Hildegard or if it was just a medieval chant, it was one of the two. And I just I just felt all of a sudden like this 
this music was meant to be sung through me, that my voice, my body, my soul were made as a channel for this music. And I've always felt that with, with Hildegard's music as well. And so I, you know, I don't have an educated scholarly way to answer this question, but when I experience it in my body, I experience that I am one of the lineage carriers of this music, you know, and that for some reason it, it, comes, it comes through me into our present, you know, 21st century living. And it has a chance to be here because of people like me who feel that ancient heritage. It, it comes through us in some way. And so I feel very grateful for that and also kind of in awe of that. It's like, why? I, I don't know why. <laughs> but, but it's part of our humanness. You know, it's part of our experience as human beings that all of that which came before shapes who we are now, whether we're conscious of it or not. And whether I know it intellectually in my mind, whether I know history or not, you know, whether I studied medieval music or not, doesn't matter. It's that it, it's that it wants to flow through me and that I allow that channel to flow through me. That's what matters. And that it has an expression now in this way through this vessel now in the 21st century. Does that answer anything about what you asked? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I, I think it's a great thing. I mean, it's not always about a technical explanation of things or, you know, highly formatted educational explanation. It's exactly what you shared, which is this this piece that is organic. I mean, none of a in a sense, there's two components here in what you're sharing. And on one hand, one component is about we're on this continuum. You know, it's not just like this past event and another past event or another future event. You know, we're, we're connecting these fragmented pieces. And then there's another piece of it that none of us maybe in this consciousness or this uh incarnation maybe can say 100% absolute this is the way something was in the past, but because of our cell connection with everything on earth, because of uh, these aspects of music like what you produce, we're able to connect and get the vibration, get the feeling, get the, the energy of these different time periods. Um, I, I think one of the songs that just, I don't, for whatever reason, really super, super connected with me uh, when I was going through your music uh, is the song Daughter of Will. And maybe you can shed a little light on that piece for us or, or what that particular song is about. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is this is one of the other ones that, pretty much mine, which is kind of cool that you chose the two. Actually, when I looked at the list on that CD, uh, there's only, I think, one other on the CD that was totally written by me. So I love that you chose two of the ones that were totally, you know, my lyrics and my music. That's kind of fun that you honed in on those two. So this is this is the second one like that. Um, the first line of it is from a Russian gypsy song 
that I heard a friend sing, a friend sing the Russian Gypsy song, and I loved the first line, I am a daughter of will in the open field. And I just, I just, when I heard that line, I knew that I had a song in me. There was music in me that needed to come, that needed to spring forth from that line. So I just lived with that, with that line, and this was the piece that came out. And it's very much for me, it's about my remembering in myself this earlier ancient connection that we all had when we were living closer to the earth. You know, when we, when, when we were part of the earth, when there was reverence and reciprocity with, with the earth, we weren't we weren't humans doing things to the earth. We were humans living in, in sync, in connection with her. And that's, this piece is very much about that. It's, it's how I and we can all experience being a daughter of nature, a daughter of the, the expression of the divine through the Mother Earth. And the mystery of that, the deep, solid, rooted beingness, the beingness of that, where there's nothing that we have to do except be that, live that, be in har- live in harmony with that. So I guess as I say that in some, you know, it's also really a call, especially now in the times we live in where, Ah, I just felt this, this sadness fell up in me where we're living in a time where we're destroying that that which we come from, that which we spring from, that which we could not live we cannot live without our connection with the earth, with nature. And this is like a call back to remembering that in us, to remembering the sacredness of that, to remembering the the uh the primalness of that. This is our primal union, <laughs> you know, and just, yeah, that that is, this is our true ground, this connection. So this is what that's, this song is about for me. It, it completely explains why I connected so strongly with it. <laughs> <laughs> so such a, a huge heritage of druidic practitioners and people who honored the earth and, the gemstones and the minerals and the trees and the seasons and the cycles. Um, yeah, it just completely explains it. So we're going to listen to Daughter of Will. We'll see what it does to move you and your ancient roots. And then we'll be back in just about two, two and a half minutes. I am a daughter of Will and the open I'm a daughter. 
the Celtic connection again and the, the dailiness and the how do we weave reverence into our lives. Um, in fact, before I jump further, let me just say that I on my website, if you go to my homepage, I have a, a free gift called Welcoming the Sacred. It's an ebook, and you can follow the link to that right on the website, and it gives suggestions for practices that will help you welcome the sacred into your life in a daily, very daily way. So if you're interested in that, there's a way to go deeper there. So sacred three, again, so this is, this is looking at the end of the day. This is in, in the uh, older times in the Celtic lands, they burned peat to keep warm. And what they would do at night was what they called the s'more the fire so that it would last for the night. And it was a way of kind of raking the coals and kind of putting a little bit of a lid somehow on the fire so it wouldn't burn out in the night. And they would, because if it did that, they wouldn't have fire in the morning. So they didn't have matches, right? It was a little harder to light the fire, and they needed to stay warm in the night and be able to rekindle it in the morning. So this was actually a sacred act. It was almost a magical act. Fire was magical. So this is really about how do we how do we keep the life giving fire going? And of course, fire is a representation of our own life force and our own passion and creativity and connection. So how do we keep this going? How do we s'more it, make it make it smaller and dim it down a little bit when necessary so it can make it overnight and then bring it back to life in the morning? So this is a prayer that basically does that. That, that says that calls on how do we to save and to shield so that we the fire so that we make it through the night and that we we are protected every night protected with this with this fire and this ability to come back to life in the morning. So you'll hear that I sing it in English and then you'll also hear it sung in Scottish Gaelic. So if anybody who knows Scottish Gaelic Forgive me if my pronunciation isn't perfect, but it's it's there. <laughs> beautiful and beautiful message and insight about how even when we don't have the fire in full flame and there's times that we have to conserve it, that we don't ever let it go out. And, uh, you know, many cultures, fire keepers and various um, people within the groups that, that help maintain that on a physical level as well as as the metaphorical realm. Katie, such a gift to have you here, and I, I really, really, really thank you for your your time and the sharing of your work and um, and and what you're giving to the world because it's truly, truly beautiful. Thank you so much, Jesse, and thank you for your work in the world. It's just beautiful that you that you do this and you put this out. Everybody gets it. Thank you. My pleasure. And we are going to get to that song in just a minute. I just want to bring up a couple of things, and that is next week I'm going to be sharing with you codes on retrograde planets and the combination of all the planets currently in retrograde. So we've got a big whopping five of them (laughs) right now in retrograde and two more that we're in the pre-stage for. So that's going to bring seven of them um, in this phase, and it's bringing some pretty intense overloading of energy for people. So if you're feeling that, just grab hold of some of Katie's music. As you can see, it'll help you relax and (laughs) and, uh, do you a lot of good in there. 
Um, of course, you can check out all of my work through my website, jessianniclesgeorge, the number one dot com. And you can also tune in um, and check out the book that I'm a co-collaborator on at embracedbythedivine.com. A lot of really great women involved in that book and a lot of stories and anthologies. And, oh, my goodness, it's just filled with, with lots of amazing, amazing things in there. So you can check that out as well. Um, I recently put out a new video. So if you haven't seen that, you'll find that on my media page on my website. Um, May's special deal is still a mystery right now, so you'll have to check the website for that when it comes up in a couple of days. But in the meantime, you still have a couple of days to take advantage of April's special deal, which is purchase the ebook version of either Activating Compassion or You, Me, Life Dreams, and get its accompanying workbook absolutely free. Don't forget, we do have several shows here on Main Street Universe. And uh, I know some of them are a little bit sporadic or come on once a month, but one of the consistent ones is definitely Susan Weed sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. Uh, flagship show has been having some great guests on on Wednesday nights. Janice has been doing uh, some consistent work with her rhythms and reflections or reflections and rhythms um, uh, in there, and, and that's a great show as well to catch if you've got an opportunity to do that. Hey, this is Jesse on Nichols George. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk, but those that are streaming live through Penn, known as Fair Encounters Network, StreamFinder, Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com. Also, those that are happening to catch the show as a YouTube version. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connections. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with other people. This has been an amazing show, great insights, fantastic music, and it's going to be available at the same link in our archives as soon as we finish here today. And we are leaving you today with a song by our guest, Sacred Three. You heard that great insight, great information from her. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. To save, to shield, to surround the heart.
every single night. 